Hello and welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through legends and new canon. My name is Josh, and I'm your forever host and favorite dragon keeper. Joining me tonight, as always, is our resident hero and full-time co-host. His name is Justin. How are you doing today, sir? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Good. It's uh, it's another week. It's another Mando episode, and I am fantastic. Um, yeah, good to have you here. Also, I just want to give a shout out to all the people in the chat already. Hello, Claire. Hello, Melissa. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Michelle. Um, thank you all for joining us tonight to talk about the latest episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, um, before yeah. we get there, I have a couple other guests to introduce, of course, one of them being our good friend, Phil. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well. He came on Do without well. being muted. Yay! Score one. <laughs> Score one. <laughs> All right. Already starting strong. That's wonderful. Uh, how has your week been, Phil? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Got to got to see some family I haven't gotten to see in a while. And uh, got a new episode of Mandalorian. What's not to love? Yes. And surprisingly, oh. I kind of liked... The Bad Batch episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, and I didn't get through any Bad Batch at all this week because I was busy talking Star Trek ah, uh, oh. on Thursday night. You were with uh, the green shirt guys, right? Yeah, hanging out with green shirts this week. Nice. So, yeah. Those guys are awesome. Um, if, they really are. If you guys uh, ever get a chance, I know most of the people in the chat right now are actual Star Trek fans and probably already know what the green shirt podcast is we're being taken over by is it trekkies or trekkers i know uh open pipe oh we had a whole conversation (laughs) about that today yeah but maybe our next guest can tell us the difference between a trekkie and a trekker i am super excited to introduce from the crusher convo her name is jesse our second star trek jesse of the season Hi. I know. A lot of Jesse's in the Star Trek world. Yeah, it's it's uh, I ju- can we get someone on the show whose name doesn't start with J? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a great thing. That's fair. That's it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> no offense, Jesse. We're very glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we got I love the little uh love the little uh uh Picard and uh and <laughs> Crusher there yeah. on your mic. That's great. <laughs> Hanging out with Grogu. Wonderful today. Yeah. No. Yes. But Picard hates it's children. Kicking it with Grogu. <laughs> you know, but he'll adore Grogu because Grogu can do his own thing. He can fly his own ship. So, Picard's fine. <laughs> he likes children that can fly ships. So, true. Right. <laughs> true right. I love this. Let's see. We're getting uh, Claire says Trekkerette is. Trekkerette. <laughs> is that correct? That's a new one. Okay. Ah, All right. new. I, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> I, I mean, I only known Trekkie. That's. The trekker was kind of weird, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Trekkie. It's Trekkie. Okay. Yeah. Phil, you I had guess. a really good description earlier on Twitter. What was this description? <laughs> so, okay. So I stole this from uh, a comedy musician, uh, a legendary filk musician, uh, the great Luke Ski. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and Luke Ski uh, once wrote that a, a trekker is a Star Trek fan. A trek a trekkie is someone who insists you call them a trekker. <laughs> I love that. I love that. 
You know what? I'm still new to the Star Trek universe. I'm still learning things every day. <laughs> so you are absolutely a Trekkerette then, right? I, that, so. there, I feel like there's probably tears here. There's, there's like, probably tears. It's like Padawan, Jedi Knight, Jedi Master. It's right. Trekker at Trekker, Trekkie, right? I guess so. Klingon's got to be know, the highest I imagine. Those guys can <laughs> speak it. They're all into it. Yeah, that but I mean, there are Star Wars fans that learn Arabic or whatever. I know it a little bit. Languages. See, look. <laughs> that's just I didn't writing. Even go that far. Yeah, yeah. That's just writing. That's not true. Like that's true. Learning to speak Klingon <laughs> is a whole other that's thing. There's a, I have, yeah, there's a translation I, or a translator. I have a dictionary. <laughs> I, I, I own the Klingon dictionary. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. That's, that is good. that is cool. Uh, Jesse says Han Solo was a bitch. Um, great, great reference from fanboys. Hmm, haven't heard that one before. <laughs> That's a new one. <sighs> I need to rewatch that. It's such a good movie. Oh, I didn't even see Claire's thing up here talking about fanboys. Whoops. Oh, I oh. now I feel bad. <laughs> and don't mind my my co-host Michelle there. She's she's definitely a a, a a trekkie she's a trekkie for sure so that's uh that's okay i we welcome all the new trekkies trekkers <laughs> jedis sith whatever um nerds uh, everyone whoever come hang yes. out we love having you guys here and it's great we do this uh every every week now so it's it's been nice although next week i think we're going to change the time a little bit um normally we're going at 7 30 but uh, my life, once again, is changing, so we're going to change the time, once again, to 8.30 instead of 7.30. So I believe next weekend we're going to be going at 8.30 Mountain Standard Time instead of the normal 7.30. Um, let's see, where are my notes here? Oh, um, so, Jesse, you're from Crusher Convo. Tell us a little bit about your show. You were telling me in the green room that you have a pretty interesting story of how you, this all <laughs> came to be, and I would love to hear it. Yeah. So Crusher Convo is basically we are deep diving the next generation in the eyes of Dr. Beverly Crusher. So that. yeah, that's got to make season two really rough. Actually, we have done season two, and season two is more of what would have Beverly done if she was here. I <laughs> so, love that. So it's just. Did you make what? WWBD bracelets? Because you should. <laughs> it might be on the list. I think someone had mentioned that before. Um, but no, it was just my story with Star Trek is basically non-existent. I did not grow up with it. I know knew nothing about Star Trek. I mean, I knew who Kirk and Spock was and things like that, but never saw an episode, never saw the movies. I grew up Star Wars. I was born into it. That's all I knew. However, my husband is a huge Star Trek fan and Star Wars. He's he's both, but he's been trying to get me to watch Star Trek for it was 18 years. <laughs> he kept like watch the next generation you're gonna like it i'm like eh. i finally did and then i i joke that gates mcfadden made me a trekkie because it was her character i fell in love with and it just went it just snowballed <laughs> from there and, and that was just a year ago the yeah, first time i saw Star Trek off was for last 18 year. years because i just didn't care about <laughs> star trek like i just thought of Kirk and Spock. I didn't even I didn't even know Crusher even existed until last year. 
I didn't, I didn't, Uh, the only thing about Patrick Stewart I knew is that he was Charles Xavier. Like I didn't know anything of this universe. And that's where, I think that's what made it more exciting is because I was learning something completely new. Right. And so it's exciting and, you know, so anyways, but yeah, it was, (laughs) like I said, it just kind of snowballed from there. And I just learned all these characters and I dived deep into all the shows and as cyber suggested was from jesse and the guys at open pike i got to watch the other shows and then crusher combo just kind of happened because she's a very underrated character like there's a lot of fans who are just like don't care for dr crusher i feel like the fan fiction is pretty uh legit though with beverly especially what is only the fan fiction right i mean she was she was not existence in the movies and stuff so that's true me and my my co-host Michelle, who's also a Beverly Crusher fan, was kind of more of let's give this character her like let's show her story. Like there's a lot to her story that people just kind of forgot about. And so when we start deep diving these episodes of like, you know, well, she just went through this. So maybe that's why she's like this. You know, if we she just did this. Like it, and it took off. Is there a lot yeah. of Beverly lore? Beverly Kind of. <laughs> Bevelore. <laughs> Bevlor, Bevlor, kind of. There's some parts that we have to headcanon a little bit sure. because they'll they'll mention like there's one episode in the entire series that mentioned that she survived a planetary uh, disaster, and it was like, well, how did she survive? What happened? There's no backstory to it. So then we just kind of like, well, you know what? She survived it, and so this is probably why she became a doctor, and the, you know, so we just start adding, connecting the the dots basically. Yeah. That's really cool, though. I mean, what a what a good niche for a show, and and that, I mean that's gonna go on forever because there's a thousand episodes of Next Generation. There's so a lot like, of episodes. I mean, if we wanted to, like Michelle, she met Open Pike Boys because she was doing her own Crusher connections to the episodes of Strange New Worlds, and you're able oh, to make those connections back right, to her character. Right. And I was like, see, she was important. <laughs> That's you cool. know so yeah it's you always find a way there's always Man, six degrees of separation i think yeah for sure we're gonna have so much star trek stuff in our notes for a star wars podcast it's uh right. very contradicting the last few episodes <laughs> if you uh if you need an interpreter let me know okay. <laughs> funny because i feel like my star wars brain is kind of taking a back seat because i'm up to like neck deep of all this star trek information and so i was like okay what who was the pilot that did? okay hold on i gotta remember what was the name of the ship like yeah there's a and lot there's of information a, there's a lot my my dad so it's funny because my dad always loved next generation but he made the mm-hmm. mistake of introducing me to star wars when i was a kid <laughs> so mm-hmm. he was like here watch this and i never liked star trek because it didn't have lightsabers and it didn't have x-wings and, yeah you know it was a more adult show when i got into my early 20s and like netflix streaming just started coming out the next generation was all over that all the time yep and so i started watching it and i you know i went on to a deep dive of star trek for a while oh yeah uh, i can oh man and i can't even remember what we called it it was uh was it uh it was like a mm, bi trek sexual or something like that (laughs) i can't I can't remember. So my question is, so I have a question. Bitrexual. So my question is, did Jesse Cyber suggest you and helped you out through your journey? Because 
No, are you talking about for Quest Me? Well, just in your own quest, your own journey of knowing what's you know learning about Star Trek. Oh because... no, mm, maybe a, <laughs> maybe a little bit. Just call I, him up, be like, I got some questions. I think <laughs> I, I think I kind of pulled a little bit of a Jesse and was like, I'm not gonna watch it because you like it, and I don't <laughs> want to do that. To so. <laughs> yeah, it was like in spite of him, I didn't really watch it. But then <laughs> eventually I was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll do this. Um, and now I mean, I've watched Next Generation all the way through a, a few times now. And like, yeah. I love Discovery. I love Strange New Worlds. Picard has been incredible this season. I mean, yeah, I, I would consider myself a casual Trek fan probably. I don't know mm -hmm. a lot of the lore like I would with Star Wars or something, but I definitely right. I can tell you some characters and things like that. Yeah. If I gave you a picture, you'd be like, so, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, most of the time. I'm in and the if, main characters. And, I won't like. Well, even, <laughs> even so, like, there are a couple characters I'm like, oh, that guy, the one that he, you know, Chief O'Brien. You're <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, don't know his first name, but it's fine. Well, we'll accept it. It's okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's great to have you on, um, to have another new perspective on the show. Big shout Thank out you. to Sincera, who's also in the chat. He's going to be with us next oh, week. Next week. Sarah. Right. Oh, nice. Yep. What's up, man? And then uh, Ricky was also in the chat. He's going to be in the week after that. So Ricky's big debut back into podcasting. Um, we'll have him back Ricky's here in a couple back. weeks. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Back again. <laughs> yes. Back so. again. <laughs> now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. Ah, there we go. <laughs> It's not the worst song you can. It's have not the worst song I can have in my Ricky. head. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Eminem has better. You're <sighs> also that. Are you, li are you ready true. for a promo hit? Yes. All right. We're extremely excited to have you here on our little show, Jesse. So thank you for joining us. Uh, this thank is going to be going live Sundays around eight thirty p.m. ish. Sorry, I forgot to update the notes. Mountain time at youtube.com forward slash at question. Make sure to like, subscribe, or ring the bell to be notified every time we are live. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, Phil in real you time can. just updated the notes. <laughs> yeah, no, <I'm, laughs> yeah, I do what I can. Uh, we are also available on your favorite social medias. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Search for Quest to Be Podcast. You can find links in the show notes too. So. Man, that TikTok, I'm telling you, I've been having so much fun on TikTok lately. Baking uh, or just watching? No, you're gearing up for it just no, in time. No, no, like, I've been, I've been having fun making these TikTok videos. Oh, and videos so are if you, awesome. <laughs> if, you follow, if you follow us on YouTube, I usually upload our shorts on there, too. Mm -hmm. But, man, I'm very proud of myself with some of them, and I make myself laugh. So, hopefully, I make some other people laugh, too. Um I do want to say, again, thanks to everyone for being here. Everyone in the actual room, Phil, Justin, Jesse, like it's it's always wonderful to do these shows with you guys. Um, I'm having a bit of a moment tonight because this is my last show in the house that I moved in in Nebraska. I'm moving out of here, and so I'm, I'm having a bittersweet moment. Um, but well, I'm happy to be here in your bittersweet moment. Yeah. I wish Grogu but, could give you a hug. I, I know. Since yours is packed away. And my Grogu is at the new house, <laughs> enjoying the new house. Um, but yeah, He's it's having all fun without you, man. Yeah. He's so, having a party. I'm sure him and all of my hundreds of little action figures are hanging out 
Toy Story style. <laughs> <laughs> you hope. I would hope, yeah. Yeah. So, um, before we get too far into the episode, we have this new segment that we started a couple weeks ago that I happen to love, um, but don't have much to say about it, so... Now, Jesse, I don't know if you are particularly drinking tonight, but Phil likes to tell us <laughs> what he is drinking tonight because he is a very wonderful bartender. So, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, I am ridiculously happy with this one. Uh, this was inspired by uh, our little uh, encounter with Dr. Pershing uh, earlier this season. Uh, and I'm calling this one travel rations. <laughs> yeah. Travel rations. So this, uh, so there is a uh, cocktail called a beggar's banquet. Uh, it's kind of a uh, whiskey sour uh, topped off with lager. So it's whiskey, uh, lemon juice, maple syrup, and beer. Uh, I decided to play with that concept a little bit. I've got uh, rye whiskey, uh, Axe in the Oak. They are a local distillery. So, yeah, Colorado Springs. Uh, we've got uh, fresh squeezed lemon juice uh, and homemade simple syrup instead of maple because I didn't want to overwhelm the other flavors. Uh, and then we topped it off with an imperial stout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The best part is the uh, orange, though. <laughs> Show him the okay, orange. So, Show him the orange. Ooh, decal. <laughs> so oh, that man. is, uh, it's kind of tricky to see, but there is a glazed brown sugar uh, imperial insignia <laughs> on that orange. It's wheel. there. It's there. I saw so it. There. We have the orange cog wheel. <laughs> photo evidence. The, uh... <laughs> I love and, that. And uh, that recipe is also going to be in the show notes, folks. So, yep, yep. Um, God damn it! <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but it. I I'd like to take notes as we're doing the show, and I made sure to take a little note that said, "Make sure to get the link to the distillery <laughs> that Phil just mentioned." And he just writes, "Penis." Thank you for that one, <laughs> Phil. I like that. That's a great link. <laughs> that was not me. I was not typing. Oh, oh, it was Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have expected that. <laughs> Dang. I, I I don't know if you think I'm sitting here typing with one hand while I'm trying to you know show <laughs> oh, off my drink with it. I, I don't, don't know, know man. Head. You're a librarian. I, I would assume you use the computer a lot and like I don't know. <laughs> you can probably read books. Fingers. You can probably read books and <laughs> type at the same time. I would assume, right? I mean, well, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, <laughs> you know what's funny though is that one of someone from our Bev Pack, as we call it on Twitter, created a drink called Crusher's Cure. <laughs> and it had, I think, let me see if I can remember. It was uh, blue curacao, triple sec, vodka, uh, slash, splash of cranberry, lime juice, and I believe that was it. But yeah, so I decided to like, buy all of it and try it out. It was good. That I liked sounds, it. That was a couple days ago. But it was blue. Yeah, it looked nice. <laughs> all of my drinks, yeah. like, everything that I would have to make anything tonight is at the new house. So <laughs> I, new once house. again... Drinking monsters and just a glass of Crown Royal. Yeah, just, <laughs> the, just some water for me today. Yeah. That's that pretty well. typical the for you. The mileage that I get, I'm trying the mileage that I get out of a bottle of blue curacao when it comes to like just making sci-fi themed drinks. 
you would not believe. Oh, I bet because it turns how many that how nice much you color. can mix it up just with a little bit of blue in there. It's like mm-hmm. that's awesome. Beautiful. Uh, anything with butterfly pea flower uh, is really fun too, because then it changes from like blue to purple when you hit it with uh, citrus. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think I had I I made the drink the other day, and I think I added some sweet and sour to it. Yeah, it was more of a bluish purple color. I used to bartend years ago, so I was. <laughs> I just do it as a hobby. Never done it professionally. <laughs> it's a lot of so, fun. I miss it. Yeah, it Don't is. get me wrong. <laughs> a hobby, man. You do this. <laughs> yeah. I gotta learn this hobby. Uh, Ricky, oh, and Ricky, here, hang. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say, Ricky, uh, Ricky asked y'all watching Ricky. the Mandalorian. Yes, we're gonna get into that in just a minute. Listen, Ricky, pretty good. This this episode was very short, and there's mm-hmm. not too much to talk about, so. Um, you know, we're just chatting. We're just hanging out. We're just making new friends. Yep. All right, Ricky, we're calm down over there. The synopsis <laughs> is coming. Back up. What were you gonna say? Phil? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> the uh, the stout I picked in this for this particular iteration. Uh, not only is it, I mean, it's an imperial stout, which Proper. higher uh, ABV. And so Imperial, funny joke. Yes, yes, yes. Star Wars. Uh, but this one is uh, Fremont's Dark Star. It is an Imperial oatmeal stout. But check out the. Uh, oh, it's a dragon can there. We got Whoa. a dragon. That's great. which also seemed fitting for tonight's episode. It did. That's great. Um, I actually don't have any corrections this week, so. Um, you were the segment before the synopsis, and thank you, Phil, for that wonderful drink idea that I am writing <laughs> down and keeping and stealing from you as these shows go, just so you know. like I'm going to try all of these drinks eventually. Um, but like I said, no corrections this week. I'm sure there was something. If anyone that listens to the show has a correction, just send it to me, and I will, I'll read it for you and, and give you a shout-out and all that stuff. Begrudgingly, <laughs> but I'll do it. Um, but let's just uh, let's get into it. Um, this was chapter 20 of the mandalorian called the foundling uh in this week's episode we head off to the west to westeros and visit their version of jurassic park uh now that all the loose ends have been fairly tied up we're just waiting to thrawn back mandalore but we must first train some new dragons we also get a visit from an old friend this episode was directed by Carl Weathers, and it was written by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. I like to call that the Holy Trinity, Carl Weathers, Dave, and John. <laughs> um, it was starring Pedro Pascal, Katie Sackhoff, and it guest starred Emily Swallow and what? Ahmed Best. We're going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we're going to get into that. Um, I, I really do love your synopsis. <laughs> I, 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 I laugh I every it. time. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> did, I I had to say the Westeros thing because did you guys get a Game of Thrones vibe from this episode? Seemed sort of sandy. Listen to the music again. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the music. the The way that the notes were hitting, or something about it, just gave me Game of Thrones vibes. Like, I mean, we we got a dragon, and we got dragon, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Or like a, are... a weird leathery bird. <laughs> It doesn't breathe uh, is fire. Is that not a good description of a dragon? Scaly bird. Scaly. It eats things that breathe fire. Well, shoot fire. 
Wouldn't they call it? Isn't it, it, it eats yeah. Mandalorians. They carry flamethrowers. It, it eats them and then yeah. regurgitates them out. <laughs> yeah. Or like a bird, right? Oh my god, do you think it does like owl pellets and just like pukes oh, all the Beskar oh. back up? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's a gold uh. mine up there in that nest then. I need to go rob that nest. I bet I bet not only did they come back with three new dragons, but they came back with like mounds of old Beskar from younglings. <laughs> Let's melt this down for the foundlings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> foundlings. Oh my goodness. That's Wait, a really good a point. It's going to take a lot to for those little foundlings, like a lot of armor, versus what Grogu goes through later. <laughs> oh my goodness! Right. Um, so I I love the opening of this. You know, you we open up to to this like epic shot of all the Mandalorians for whatever reason training still on the Lake of Death. Um, I I don't know what what the deal is with Mandalorians they're, and dangerous they're hardcore dinosaurs. man. They're hardcore. <laughs> like they call danger out. They ask for danger. Apparently, You're just standing there like danger just follows us. them. That's just what happens. We killed your brother. Come get another. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They barely did it too. Mando had to pop in and save them there when they were fighting that <laughs> croc, that meth crocodile, the croc um, turtle, croc turtle, whatever. It's it's huge. It's <laughs> turtle duck. Turtle. <laughs> but. I got I got some pretty cheesy vibes out of this training montage. Um, did you guys feel the same there? Let's start with uh, let's start with Jesse. Uh, it was not really. I mean, I think I understand it because it, it goes back from a couple episodes ago where they were showing you know before Mando shows up and saving their lives, but it really just dived real quick into Grogu's story, right? Because they're showing them training the the foundlings. And so you're kind of getting an idea of like, you know, there's Grogu and he wants him to start training, right? Because Grogu decided to stay with him. So to me, it wasn't cheesy. I, you know, it was just kind of like just jumping into the story, in my opinion. Um, I guess, I guess it was cheesy for me, just the whole like, the action what would you say the stunts that they were doing the, the, the like, choreography, oh, the choreography. Thank you. so yeah. bad the rolling around yeah, and the weird I could see that thing and the like uh, guys mm, is this how you train really you just <laughs> we just need a dirt. random launcher a rocket launcher into the lake followed by some this blasts. is why they almost died until mando showed up so and, that makes sense and that's got to be why they train there right so they just constantly put themselves in death's way and they're like well <laughs> if we just train here and constantly battle dinosaurs then we'll be pretty strong later right <laughs> yeah yeah sink or throw them in with the like sharks sink or, right? swim. sink or swim yeah um i wanted to first of all Phil or Justin, did you guys get cheesy vibes with those training things or? Uh, to be honest, some of it made sense, more sense to me when I realized that it was Carl Weathers who was <laughs> directing the episode. Oh. I was like, oh, okay. So we're going like super 80s vibes to the whole thing. We're going to have a montage. <laughs> Yep, you just should have had the eye of the tiger playing in the background. Of the, of the whole no, thing. but it, it 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 didn't bother me that much because you've got to think about how many of their um younger members haven't had actual combat experience. They're 
you know, only fighting against each other until they like learn the weaponry and then then they, you know, have to just kind of fight for their lives against whatever else shows up. <laughs> um, now I know why I liked it because it had the cheesy 80 vibes. That's why. Yeah, I, no, it, it, <laughs> it, it, when I, again, when I, when I saw that it was Carl Weathers directing, I was like, okay, no, a lot of the, the stylistic decisions in that one make perfect sense. Yeah. You know? I, I yeah, agree with, uh, I agree with Michelle in the chat. It did feel like a little vibes. karate kid. <laughs> I flat out just Absolutely. seeing them punching and kicking. I'm like, oh, that seems a little uh, like a flying train. Oh, that's awesome. Hello, little Tim. Welcome. Um, glad to see some new faces here. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are just talking about the training part of this last episode of Mandalorian. Um, and moving on to more training with like Grogu. Ricky brought up a point, the uh, the three three points in a single round style points. What he's talking about here is the dart training that Grogu does that that go uh, and Devil May Cry scoring is see I, I never played that game so explain uh <laughs> it, it's all about how flashy how stylistically you can do stuff you can... okay and he was yeah. very flashy but again it was another kind of like a cheese ball moment to me like and from what I could tell it seemed like every warm dart stopped the round right because the the kid mm -hmm. shot grogu once they stopped the round shot him twice they stopped the round it, and then all of a sudden he does a couple backflips shoots him three times and he wins like is that it's, it's more like wrestling for points like you can stop and catch a point when you stand up and catch your breath but then you can bring someone down take him around and then go to uh, pin them and then boom that's five points it's just simple yeah. it's just their they how they they add it up yeah okay all right fair uh michelle says they said darts and i was worried but it was just paintballs i actually kind of had this funny image in my head that grogu just gets railed by a freaking like a, i was a stun dart and like that's what i was back on the beach when i saw when i when i saw the burst of yellow at first i thought for a second it was like the flared end of like a dart that had just stuck into him and he was just looking down i was half expecting him to just like fall over at that point i didn't know what they were playing i was like are they throwing darts it's like a lawn dart thing and then they're putting on his little wrist and um, all what are they doing so my my initial uh, my my very first thought when when um, the other Mandalorian uh, selected darts as the weapon, I thought of the uh, little rocket fired uh, darts that Boba Fett has in his D pads. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, because I mean that's I I had the visual dictionaries when I was a kid, so I like I knew all the details of the little <laughs> breakdowns of Boba Fett's armor. I. You know, I, I could have told you that he had, you know, the braided Wookiee scalps and the the uh, Concord, uh, the the journeyman protector sash and all the. I must have had that uh, same one. I have the like 1996 Star Wars encyclopedia. So like even before yeah. the the prequels came pre, out. Pre prequels. Yeah. yeah. And it has some good. Would stuff it come out it. to tie in with the special edition? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was like version three or four too, because they had a bunch yeah. of different versions of that Star Wars. I know stuff. what you guys are talking but that about. Was... But I was I couldn't afford that. Oh, I found it in Goodwill, I... man. <laughs> um, my my parents owned a bookstore. Oh, that's you know librarian. Uh... So it's all coming like, together now. <laughs> like I had I had access to like the visual dictionaries, the cross sections books. 
that like broke down all the detail of the Star Wars ships. I, it was okay. That, yeah. Everything makes sense now. Uh, Michelle <laughs> brings up a really together. Michelle brings up a really good point here. Um, Grogu is totally using the Force. Is that allowed? Now that's I kind of a, that. yes. that's a topic of discussion yeah. between Mandalorians and Jedi, right? Right. So I I was like. Is she even be using that? Is that even like she said? Is that even allowed? It's not like they could do it. Like I don't know. What? what do because you, it was little. I don't know. What do you think, Justin? Why? Why do you think it's it's okay? Sorry, I was I zoned out there. What? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I didn't marker. really have. I don't think they had any problem with it because, I mean. Again, we, we talked about this the other week. It's like one ancient religious order to another. Yeah, and but there was a big Mandalorian Jedi war, though. And I feel like... The, <laughs> the Mandalorians are warriors, though. So anything goes in a fight. If you want to bite an ankle or rip an ear off like Mike Tyson, go ahead. So if you have the ability to use the Force, why not? Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and and hopefully <laughs> they look at it that way where it's advantageous for them instead of looking at him as an enemy Jedi, you know? that's mm-hmm. That was what I was thinking. I mean, like, they're going to look at this as a talent that one of their new foundlings has that might be, Useful. you know, better for the survival of the Covert. Well, Take I mean, advantage of it, yeah. This Okay, and, and this episode, speaking of using his abilities to his advantage it just keeps keeps pounding on evidence that grogu is going to be the one to tame the mythosaur he couldn't even tra- tame some crabs in this episode yeah but now he's got some freaking dragons to tame dude he's got three best friend dragons that i guarantee are going to be his best friends by the end of like episode six if they don't eat them they're all <laughs> No way. The Rancor could eat in Grogu, but did not. If you can't eat them, join them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, I'm just saying, like, they keep leading up to this, like, Grogu going to be the new coming of the Jesus Christ of Mandalore or whatever, the the, the savior of Mandalore. Because <laughs> he was, that was how it was back in the day, back in the Mando day, yeah. was the chosen one had the dark saber, and he was a half Jedi, half Mandalorian. He tamed a mythosaur, and... Bada bing, bada boom, Mandalorian, Mandalore is awesome. And then it goes to shambles, and now they need a second coming of the Chosen One, which I think could mm-hmm. possibly be Grogu. And I am here for it. So the, the yeah. more the more evidence they pour on to that, I, I just can't I can't not think it's gonna happen. That makes sense, to be honest, yeah. And they probably maybe sense it too, especially already he trained with Luke. I think what was it saying? Two years. Two years. Yeah, and so he now has these certain abilities that they're going to take advantage of, right? They're going to use that to their advantage. So that makes sense. <clears throat> See, I'm still waiting for the learning everything that he has learned with Luke in that two year time frame. So far, we've well, just seen some jumping and him. Like messing with us and moving some crabs. And doing the chair. <laughs> he was pushing himself around in the chair in that first episode, too. All right. And who knows? He, and he, me flowed, more. he flew a ship. Me more. <laughs> he went. And he force pushed a uh, time machine, whatever that guy is. What's that? What are they called? 
Help me, Phil. Help me, Phil Awan Kenobi. You're my only hope. What are those guys called? The, the time machine guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm laughing too hard. I've got over here. This is. <laughs> Hang on. But he does push those guys. He force pushes yeah, those no, guys. Yeah, no, they're, when they're on Mandalore. He, oh, the, the Ammonites? Ah, that's what they're called. Alamites. Alamites, yeah. Alamites. Mm-hmm. But what are they actually called in the time machine? Because that's what they actually are. Morlocks. Morlocks. Thank you. They're humans. Um, <laughs> so I think we've seen more of his powers than we might realize, I guess, because he's still tiny. I mean, mm-hmm. and who knows? The more that we see of him with <laughs> my main man, Kellerin Beck, um, the more we see of that, maybe he'll have more training that is unlocked in his brain back to video game status of this. It seems like when Grogu was going through the whole Forge scene, um, he unlocked a new memory that mm-hmm. probably unlocked a new skill and then got him a new piece of armor. And like, like achievement game. complete. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, quest complete. Yeah, side he, quest. This is his side quest. Yes. Yeah, Upper. Upper. Oh, damn it. Upper. Have it here. Uh, New quest incoming. <laughs> the new quest bumper. Yeah, I guess we kind of get to use it or something. Um, I just really wanted you to use it. <laughs> I was, you know, I was hanging on to it for a moment like this. Um, but anyway, I, I do think that we're going to see more and more of his his Luke training as time goes on, especially if he does more of this one-on-one stuff with the younglings. And it, it could pose more problems, um, considering if you know, they start realizing that he trained with a Jedi, you know, or if Luke shows up and goes, hey, Grogu, you, for- you forgot your lightsaber. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, that might be a dead giveaway. Um, but again, I, I really, I'm holding out hope that it's going to be a scene that Grogu needs to pick up the darksaber and use it because I, I do believe he had a little bit of lightsaber training with Luke. I am not positive on that. I just have like an inkling that he at least held a lightsaber at one point. Um, and so I could see him being able to use the dark saber, which would be sick. Um, I mean, Jedi and Mandalorian. That, exactly. It, it mm-hmm. tracks. He would be big if, for his little paw. But all you have to do is become one with the, the dark saber. Two hand. Yeah. He would two hand that thing and it would be so light for him that he'd be able to do whatever he wanted. So, I that that picture that we made up in our heads earlier this season of Grogu riding a mythosaur holding the dark saber like some viking on a dragon um is still possible. <laughs> so Yeah. Um but let's let's kind of let's let's talk about uh let's talk about the MacGuffin of this episode the dragon. Um because I feel like it was so random. Um right after I- that little training montage just out of nowhere, the kid goes off to pout on the side, and he's having a bad day. Yeah, he is. I think. Uh, I think it was <laughs> just lost Michelle. Ragnar I think Ragnar and the very horrible, no good, very bad, yeah. terrible, horrible, no <laughs> just, good, very just bad lost, day. Yeah, just lost to this little little guy who, you know, and then he gets picked up by a dragon. Got beat up by the new kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and his dad was up there, like finding out who his dad was. I was like, oh, that must have hurt. That was. Oh, you're like, it's like your dad being that, the leader or something and then not doing very good. Yeah, he was having a bad day. The whole comparison of the, the kid to Draco Malfoy, that 
that meme was hilarious. Um, I, I saw that today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> see again. Yeah. That content. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> I see, and I just, I just had the 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 soccer dad, like the the one kid, <laughs> new kids there, but then the other kid's dad is the coach, and mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Vizsla family really kind of gets shit on a little bit in the Star Wars universe, I feel like. And it was no different here because Grogu just like out of nowhere. This is what his first bout. He's never fired darts before and mm -hmm. he annihilates this kid and just makes a fool of him and then kid gets picked up by a pterodactyl dragon thing. And <laughs> yeah. Um what what did you think about the dragon, Justin? I, I feel like they did a really good job with like the design, the the way it moved, and for it being in the middle of the day, it did not look nearly as CGI'd as, say, the big monster in season two that they fought with the Tuscans. Oh, the crate dragon. Uh, the crate the dragon. Crate dragon. Yeah. It looks a lot better than the huts from Boba Fett. How about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. There you All go. right. I'll I'll give you that. The CGI of the animal was fantastic. Honestly, you could. You could, it, it flew through shade and different brightness and like you said it was almost seamless uh to bring it in <laughs> it's it's how you hit it it's westeros meets jurassic park it's, <laughs> like it hits the three dragons being introduced the uh, the whole Dra like jurassic park when he catches them Any up of in the, the air the big I loved reveals it. yeah yeah um I, I will just throw this out there. The um, the uh, captions uh, labeled it as the Raptor. The Raptor. I didn't okay. notice yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, the the captions labeled it as the Raptor. So huh. we'll see if that's the the name that ends up sticking. But yeah, Ricky's got some sort of vendetta against this Mandalorian with the yellow <laughs> helmet. I'd rather get hauled away by a giant dragon bird thing than have to be the kid with the <laughs> yellow helmet. Jeez, man. <laughs> He's been talking about that yellow helmet this whole episode. My goodness. Maybe uh, they can change color. Ricky, I know what I'm getting you for your birthday, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to answer Claire's question. Do we have a name for the three baby bird-like creatures? Yes. One is Mike D, one is MCA, and one is Ad-Rock. We call them the Beastie Boys. <laughs> so, I like that. Uh, that. I like that. That will be their names. That's what we will call them <laughs> from now on. Yeah, you know, to go back to how we were saying that they like to train with danger all around them, they had mentioned after the foundling I got taken, they're all like, oh, yeah, it takes them to their lair. This right happens now. all the time. It's like, so you, how many kids have you lost? <laughs> Like, and then it's like and we've never caught them and there goes Bo like she's just thinking out of all and they're just like oh another one was lost like yeah. <laughs> they're like oh I ran out of jet fuel oh well <laughs> oh there goes another kid so, all the time. so I I actually I, I actually really like that they hit on the detail of the limitations of the jetpacks like this yeah. is not designed for long distance sustained flight. Yeah. This is I like that quick, but I hate quick fuel in Star Wars. So it whatever. I'm <laughs> talking about. Oh gas. no, my hyperdrive is cracked. Yeah, but that's not 
that's not fuel. That's not like they're stopping at the gas station <laughs> to put three dollars and nineteen cent unleaded in their jetpack. Do you want to get? You want to get into the? the, the I wish it was three nineteen here. Do you want to get into the details of what they use the Tabata gas for? I don't even know what that okay. is. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's what they're it's what they're it's what they're mining on uh, Cloud City on, on Vespin. Oh, uh, it's it's what they use to power the blasters. Okay, yeah, All right. oh. they have they have little fuel cells, little power cells mm -hmm. for the blasters. That are... do, those don't just recharge automatically like they do in Battlefront, though. I feel like you just you just blast it until it like. <laughs> breaks and then it recharges on you. and the covenant weapons in halo only overheat and <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh that's that's funny um i had a point here and it's gone now i don't <laughs> remember where it went uh but oh the kids getting eaten constantly <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we were they, uh, that's where we were it's so vicious too because you actually get to see kind of how this kid would have been devoured by yeah. the dragonlings yeah and it's very much like a giant bird that is digesting the food for its children and then throwing it back up into the mouths mm -hmm. of its babies so you're telling me now that a, a bunch of kids, a bunch of foundlings have just been eaten and you haven't done anything about it. And you're still training I mean, in the same area. They can't find it. They One or two, maybe. I mean, okay, you're right. And Bo-Katan oh. having her ship really helped. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that her ship was there and basically we, we talked a couple episodes ago about how quickly the N1 started up. So... Bo-Katan was able to just jump in the ship and go. <laughs> she wasn't yeah. had. She was like very full with fuel, so she was just able to, <laughs> to pop it on real quick and go. Right? <laughs> she was ready. Yeah. Um. So, the the dragon thing is is cool. I I feel like it was just kind of this episode was so short, and I feel like they just needed something around Grogu's saving basically grogu's rescue mm -hmm. at the jedi temple and they just dedicated an entire kidnapping episode to the five minutes of scenery <laughs> that we got on coruscant so well, i think this also helped with bo katan's story as well yes it moved because her... it was moving her you know because she was by herself and things like that and now she's starting to feel like she belongs somewhere and this was her way to she, she didn't even do it to prove herself she did it out of instinct she wanted to go save this child more so than everyone else apparently but <laughs> but um so i almost kind of felt like grogu and bo's story had like a, a parallel to each other like a, a connection like they're trying to find a connection grogu's trying to figure out where he belongs she's trying to figure out where she, he belongs so and she's very mo motivated now i think too after she mm -hmm. saw the mythosaur she's like oh yeah Oh, things are real. Actually. Real, yeah, because she didn't so... believe any of it no. when they were in the mines. She was no. like, "It's just a story." And she was the she was kind of the reason that her and like her little clan back in the day and like Clone mm -hmm. Wars era was kind of the reason the Mandalorians stopped wearing their helmets because mm -hmm. they were like, "Yeah, we don't really believe that. We don't have to wear our helmets. We can right. change the rules." And now that she's actually seen a mythosaur, she's like, "Oh, maybe." <laughs> she she kind of had like a religious experience, right? Absolutely. 
yeah it was a it was a spiritual awakening i guess <laughs> very much yeah and uh, i i do love that and and the helmet thing that's that's a great segue into the mandalore that we got in this um taking off your helmet to eat i thought it was a very interesting um thing to bring up because you see this with fans on reddit all the time well if he's not going to take his helmet off how's he going to eat yeah <laughs> Yeah, and so they <laughs> I like how they explained it. Phil, what did you think about the explanation of that? I thought it made perfect sense. It's like, no, the the whole don't remove your helmet thing isn't like never ever take this off. Mm -hmm. It's no, don't take this off when someone else can see you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I, I wanted to ask Justin as well about that scene, the whole war party scene and the respect that Bo kind of earned from the least respectful person of the group, Paz Vizsla. What did you think about that whole interaction? I, I thought that it was bittersweet. Like, to see... And I really thought it was because she was the leader and they even explained it further in. But, like, to see that respect go on for someone who just immediately stepped up and just reacted rather than thought. I think Paz mm -hmm. Vizsla was like, yeah, respect. Uh, mad respect. But to actually see mm -hmm. them in their traditions like pan out, it was cool to see. And like, yeah. even as a, like a uh, in scouts, so to speak, like the the last party, the last person at the fire is usually the leader. Might as well like let them have the flame and eat, eat in the peace. Yeah, um, I think it's funny that that's oh, man. They're getting so lazy with this show because Pedro lazy. and. Well, here's here's my point here. Pedro and Katie Sackoff and uh, John Favreau, they're not in those suits, unless it's this scene right here where Katie Sackoff takes off her helmet for two seconds to eat. Um, but the the all those characters are played like whoever's in the suit is different from the voice. So no, I mean it's not exclusively the stunt doubles in the suits. I'm pretty sure it is. Let me just ask sure. a question. All the guys have phoned in their voices this whole for this whole season for the most part, especially Pedro Pascal. Does Katie Sackhoff have a butt double? <laughs> a butt person to stand in? Only you, only you. I, I mean, Katie Sackhoff. She's a, she's that she's a bit of a thirst trap in this uh, in this season for sure. I could I could see it, um, and I I, I guess. Um, but I do think that they're just phoning in the, the voices and um, not phoning in as in bad, but they're sending in their voice work, which makes sense because well, Katie they, Sackhoff they, did cartoons, uh, so she's very good at it, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, Pedro Pascal himself has said it's very difficult to actually speak with the helmet on. And yeah. so he does most of his dialogue through uh, uh, his uh, house, basically, ADR. Right? Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> But he That's had to have been working on Last of Us at the same time that they were doing Mandalorian. So you would think, you know, working on Last of Us, then going to his trailer and reading his lines for the Mandalorian <laughs> and sending him busy. to John. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you think he's like just about that. as busy as Jonathan Majors, but uh, Jonathan Majors isn't much going to be much busier anymore. So hopefully uh, <laughs> Pedro doesn't succumb to that. So if you're thinking like that, he could just knock out all of his lines in a weekend. Uh, probably because he yeah. doesn't speak very much. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but you know, one things that he does say are 
pretty huge. It's like that whole one must not speak unless one knows. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Again, with the Mandalore, you know, we're seeing so many different avenues into their culture and that Mandalorian religion, which is really cool to me because, I mean, as a kid, everyone always liked Boba Fett. Everyone always wanted to know more about Mandalorians. So it's it's cool that they're diving into it. Um, let's see. Um, Jesse, is there anything else in this episode? Because we, we talked about, we have one thing, one huge thing to talk about, of course, but um, from, you know, the kid getting kidnapped, the, the dragon, the everything, did you have any other notes there that you wanted to bring up or discuss? Um, I don't think so. I, you know, it did kind of pop in my head as you guys were talking, especially like, you know, where, where Bo had her religious experience and uh, Amanda was really deep diving back into um, being a, in Mandalore. The Jedi and them are not too far apart, right? When it comes to those religious aspects to their to their lore. And it's so funny how they could be totally against each other in a lot of ways, but they're kind of similar in a lot of ways. I mean, they're believing in different things, but they're kind of the same than they than they think they are, you know? They are much Which, more similar than they similar, think. Similar, yes. Sure. And I think for Grogu, he's gonna be that the bridge to kind of get them together i have been thinking that same thing and i i have this other theory that you know we have the high republic series out right now that is two three hundred years before the prequel trilogy and yoda is featured in the high republic and so yoda is Mm -hmm. featured in three different generations basically high republic um galactic republic and you know empire and all that stuff so he spanned 900 years and so i'm thinking they're going to use grogu as not only a crutch and a bridge for mandalorians and jedi but also a bridge to 500 years in the future of star wars mm-hmm. they'll because we Skip all love sequels. grogu we're all we're all you know he's a great character and as long as they nail the voice because I'm telling you, once he starts talking, it's going to be make or break for for Grogu. Um, but if they nail yeah. that voice and and get people to still be interested in him when he's actually like speaking and not just a cute little baby, then they mm-hmm. can really use him in the future for whatever stories they wanted to tell. And yeah, Justin, like you were saying, just kind of skip over the sequels by hundreds of years. And now you have a... Now you have a bridge from the creatures, the most unknown creature in all of Star Wars, the Yoda creature. We don't even know what they're named. Mm-hmm. We have them basically um, around from the High Republic all the way to whatever they do with Grogu, which I think is really cool and pretty mm-hmm. smart if it works out and they and they do it that way. Um, I have a feeling that Celebration is going to announce some of those things here this year um i know that there's been a lot of talk about writers exiting for movies and ryan johnson's sequel final or trilogy finally got canceled um but they i have a feeling they're going to be announcing some movies here and they're going to be like future like way in the future star wars movies but i just yeah. saw did you see the article about kathleen kennedy uh no it just re- i read it like literally today where it was disney 
threatens to cancel Kathleen Kennedy's executive producer if no uh, Star Wars film is out by 2025. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my God. That means that she's like, uh, going to hurry up and make a solo sequel. I hope. Great. <laughs> I really no. Hope. <laughs> oh, no. They've already covered a lot of that ground in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of solo, uh, I actually woke up this morning feeling dangerous, and I <laughs> was dreaming about Lando and thinking about how cool it would be to see Childish Gambino in The Mandalorian as Lando coming in as a cameo. Maybe that's just me, but... But it's after Lando's already introduced. Yeah, but he could still play a, a younger Lando. No, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> you can't. No, that's, you, you, that's Billy D's role, man. He's that's Billy okay. D right there. All right, all right. Well, shoot me down. Let's welcome fire, to the cool side of the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, even Sincera thinks thinks that Lando should show up, right? Or is he agreeing with Justin? I can't tell. He agrees. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming Alan Tudyk would be a great voice for Grogu. I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, as much as I love Alan, I don't. I, I don't see it. Depends. I think it just depends on what. Yeah, I think it just depends on what he decides to create for it. Yeah. So, I'm surprised fair. he's not voicing Grogu. That's well. That's what we're saying. Is he, I think that's what Sincera is saying that Alan Tudyk should voice Grogu. Yeah. Which, that'd be fun. Um, he'd be voicing two different characters then in Star Wars. Um, but this next character that we have uh, is no stranger <laughs> to being two different characters. Uh, of course, I'm talking about my main man, Ahmed Best. Um, <laughs> he was finally introduced in this episode as Grogu's rescuer on um, Coruscant. I know that was very anticlimactic. I, I should have done some <laughs> sort of drum roll or something, but the episode's been out for almost a week, so everyone knows. And someone, please apologize to that man. Dude, justice for Jar Jar, though. I mean, maybe not Jar Jar, but for Ahmed Best, at least, because he got... The man did not deserve the hate that he the, got what, for yeah. playing the It's true, yeah. Poor guy. Um, no, I agree. I, I mean, the, the shit that he and Jake Lloyd got over their parts in the prequels or just drive him to mental illness and possibly have acted on it that's so messed up yeah yeah man. that's yeah it's not but hey Ahmed Best is back yeah well <laughs> so here's, here's the here's the cool thing though is Ahmed Best was already back yes he, he already played the character Keller and Beck in the Jedi young or young Jedi temple challenge which I just watched today um, for the first time, I finally looked it up. It's on YouTube. It's a YouTube series, and it's Keller and Beck basically hosting Legends of the Hidden Temple Star Wars edition. Star Wars version. No yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's it's <laughs> kind of cool. It. It's it's like little kids, you know. It's pretty great. Like, it's pretty great. Like what nine to fourteen, ten to fourteen, or something like that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're young kids. Um, they're they're Padawans. Yeah, but they're going through like. <laughs> Jedi trading things and you get to see um, oh yeah they <laughs> they eat it you know they'll be jumping on a trampoline and smack their face on something or I, I don't know why watching kids fall is like the 
funniest thing ever to me. Because we I mean, grew up with like, remember like Double Dare, where they're just yeah. <laughs> I think that's what we're just used to it. Yeah, or the Hidden Temple one, and yeah, yeah. Legends of the Hidden guts. Temple. Global yes. guts. <laughs> we grew up on Nickelodeon, where <laughs> kids were just flopping around and getting hurt and things like that. We were fine, so. Yeah. Well, and we grew up with jackass too. So, like, watching people get hurt is very true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Good times. Um, But I do really like the surprise. So, okay, listen. I watch these episodes really early in the morning. I wake up really early to make sure that I watch this episode before anything on social media can spoil me because that really irritates me more than anything to be spoiled on something that I love. So, I. I, you know, use my brain and I set my alarm and I wake up at five in the morning and I watch (laughs) these episodes and I was, you know, laying down and and I knew that something, we were going to finally get some sort of um, extended look at at Coruscant and what happened. Um, But I definitely didn't expect to see who he saw. At first I was like, wait, Mace, oh no, that's, that's freaking Jar Jar. Like basically immediately recognized Ahmed Best and was like, this is yeah. this is incredible. And he had such a good scene. Uh, Justin, tell me, what, what did you, did you, first of all, did you recognize him immediately or? Hell no. <laughs> I did not know that was Jar Jar. Like after yeah. I saw a few of the posts, I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm glad he got a, a redemption role. That's awesome. But like after I figured that out, that's, it's, it's cool. I like to hear that. But no fucking clue. Sorry for my language. No freaking clue. I'm with you. I thought it was Mace Windu until I took a look at his face again. I'm like, oh, no. Well, and also, See, like, yeah. would, would Mace have just basically fallen on the rooftop there from where he got thrown out the window? Like, was that, he just getting that was done the thing. The timing, the timing wasn't right. Um, the timing wasn't right for uh, for it to be Mace. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, but, I, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was so stoked to see Ahmed Best. I was like, I know that face. Why do I know that face? You recognize them, Phil? Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh... But I had, me. I had an episode one poster. I mean, like, I, I, I got super obsessed when the prequels came out because I was like, oh, new Star Wars, new Star Wars. I mean, I was twelve. When, when episode one came out, I was the target audience age. I mean, come on. Right. Uh, I had an episode, I have an episode one poster, uh, like theatrical poster that I won in a bet with my uh, junior high history teacher. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, I always wanted the episode one R2D2 like soda holder that they had oh, in gas yeah. stations. <laughs> yeah. On that thing. It was. I, I, Phil, Phil's dying tonight. <laughs> no, it was it was great. It was like this big soda, like it would be full of ice and then cans or bottles of Pepsi. Yeah, yeah and then exactly. it had a little like clear dome lid over the. T- yeah, mm-hmm. that, all right. I know exactly. I'm gonna go had. find my old uh, uh, what was it, Pepsi collection from episode one because I have the golden. Oh, man, Yoda. you still have it. You have the golden Yoda. Really? Yeah. Wasn't that a million dollar can? No. It was just a oh. promo. It wasn't a oh. million dollars. 
I thought if you found the Golden Yoda, it was like the Willy Wonka of. Yeah, you Star got Wars. to you know go tour the Pepsi factory <laughs> to and, go to oh. tour Lucas <laughs> Ranch or whatever. Skywalker Ranch, yeah. yeah. Skywalker Ranch. Unless I'm mistaken, getting a Skywalker Yoda. Ranch and not needing a crossbow and a grappling hook. I'm say the only thing that happens is you have to go through the Indiana Jones Temple of Doom when you get there. So like, unlike you know, it's kind of like Willy Wonka where you go and and you go through the tunnel and a bunch of kids die on the way, and so like. <laughs> Here, it, it, it start, so Skywalker like the Ridge. covert while the children are training. It's the same yes. Thing. Yeah. Uh, find a, a golden Yoda and go to Skywalker Ranch and fight for your life. <laughs> oh man. But so Jesse, you have some fun little things about Jar Jar. You weren't a fan of Jar Jar. I know. I know. Nobody here was except for me. I get it. But did it's... you recognize Ahmed Best when he first showed up? No. No. Absolutely not. I had no idea. It wasn't until later on, on I think it was Twitter, that it, they were saying like, oh, he's back, you know, who was Jar Jar is back. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I like got hit with the PTSD of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> but, um, but I do like that because, yeah, he did get a lot of flack for playing Jar Jar. Not a lot of people really like the character, and it's not the actor's fault. He just played a character. And so, I mean, I, I know just because I don't like the character doesn't mean I don't like the actor. Like they were just playing a role. So it was nice for him to be coming. And I, I never heard of this Jedi version hidden temple game. So I didn't know that he had played a Jedi before. Um, but knowing that he's coming to play this character, especially when it's super important in Grogu's story, that's a huge redemption versus what he started with. Like, Oh yeah, <laughs> li for sure. Light years apart. <laughs> I absolutely some agree. In there. And, and they and they did a <laughs> they Versus. did a really good job redeeming him too like because you know they were like hey come on let's let's throw you yeah i know you just hosted this little kid show but like let's really put you in some star wars mm -hmm. and uh i i just i i think he probably jumped at the opportunity absolutely I, I, just i mean he'd already gotten to be this character but the idea of getting to be this character not just on the youtube series mm -hmm. but like actually canon he's canon in now. action mm -hmm. <laughs> they're gonna make stories of this character now comics and books of this character now yeah the saber hand yes i this this guy dual wielding just taking out so many clones coming after him yeah uh, and 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 can we can we for a brief moment talk about the ship that they use to flee course? Oh, absolutely. First, before we go there, my favorite meme of the week. I should make a uh, I should make a bumper for this. But my favorite meme of the week is this one right here, um, because that was <laughs> basically me. <laughs> oh Lord, that's awesome. So. Uh, <laughs> Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I I would say that actually rivals that uh, Thrawn fan art thing that I found earlier this week. Oh um, my gosh! Uh, but at the same me. time, you know, Thrawn with sunglasses and a T-shirt that says "IBS won't stop me from committing more crimes." <laughs> is it's pretty fucking spectacular uh shout out to uh jess uh at j beans draws who i believe was the uh, original artist on that 
Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Absolutely spectacular. And the, the, my meme came from uh, Thank the Maker on Twitter. So they're another Star Wars podcast. But um, yeah, I that was totally me. When, when he showed up, I was holding my coffee and just pointing at the screen like, oh my God. <laughs> I... So, moving on to the ship, though, Phil, tell us about this little scene because this is very interesting. So, okay, uh, so uh, we get uh, Keller and Beck hits this landing pad. There's clones in pursuit. There's uh, there's Senate guards uh, who are there. Mm-hmm. Like we we know these guys. These are you know part of the like defense force for high level uh republic officials and the ship that's sitting there on that landing pad is very clearly a naboo uh style ship it's the chrome it's the fins it's everything but more specifically um it looks like it looks like the ship that jar jar flies around in in clone wars Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. The one that he, because he was like a senator for Naboo, basically. He was and a senator would, for Naboo. That was his transport ship. Wow, good eye there. I knew that was from Naboo. Like, clearly yeah. that was a Naboo ship. Yeah, and, no, with the with the chrome and everything. It's very clearly. <laughs> and I was thinking it was more, because now there's theories out there that uh, Padme had a little bit to do with rescuing um, some of the younglings and, and Padawans and stuff. Um, how oh, cool man. would it be to get a Natalie Portman cameo in this? And and again, I'm not sure what the timeline would be for what Padme was doing. I, Pat, I, I guess Padme she found I out think... that An- or Anakin slayed all the kids once uh, Obi Wan told her. Well, but so what? Right now, what's going on is she's probably hearing about something happening at the Jedi Temple, and yeah. someone. You know, it's it could be a very small cameo. If she were to make a cameo, I would assume it's one of those like calls. You know, she shows up on the blue screen, and she's like, "Yeah, man, you can borrow my ship. The keys are uh, in the locker. Code is, you know, whatever." Um, but I I think it would be really cool to know that Padme kind of had a final stand against this empire because Episode Three that was her worst outing. Episode One she was this badass queen that yeah. like no one could mess with her she wouldn't take nobody's shit episode two she was uh, a little more like 15 year old teenage girl falling in love with someone and making weird decisions she was pregnant and, episode... and hormonal well no that episode three is when she was pregnant and oh. but she wasn't she wasn't even close to the the badass that she was in episode one so I know that there was a lot of complaints back in the day about that, about how she was like useless at that moment. And it could be another kind of redemption thing where Dave Filoni's like, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's just have her uh, give him the keys to the ship. That'll work. That'll give her a little bit of redemption for order 66, you know, and <laughs> it, w- it would make sense. Um, uh, so, okay. Uh, what I'm seeing is, uh, H-type Nubian yacht oh. that has the 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 quad fin. So ah, yeah, uh, Nubian. Yeah. So Nubian. Padme and Jar Jar both uh, traveled around in them because they were uh, used by uh, like official the, Naboo. The, the, the Naboo uh, transport. 
uh, high level Naboo officials. Ah, okay. So, yeah, the the ivory tower Nabooians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically, um, basically high level, high ranking new uh, Naboo officials who weren't uh, royals. Can we call them noobs? Who, is it is it is no. it derogatory to Nabooans to <laughs> no. call them noobs? Hey, noobs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there before we're, we're going I didn't expect this episode to go this long but this has been so much fun um, is there anything else that you guys want to cover for this episode before we get into segments because segments we're going to cover pretty much I think the rest of what we have yeah I, about. I think that pretty well covers what I had mm-hmm. Okay, Justin you got anything else no I really don't alright um, yeah, then I think it is about time to get into them segments and let's start this week with... He's no good to me dead. He will not be permanently damaged. Boba's Bounty is the part of the episode where we talk about our favorite new thing to be introduced into the Star Wars live-action universe. Um, for our guests, we do let them choose um, something that they have liked from the entire season. Um, and if they're new, then the entire series. So, because... Obviously, we haven't haven't heard what what you like yet, Jesse. So, <laughs> let's actually start with your Boba's bounty this week. Um, and let me find where is it? Here it is. I had to go back and find a good picture of it. Uh-huh. But your bounty was the N one Starfighter. Tell us why. You know what i i I really liked the the Razor Crest, and I was really upset that it got blown up. <laughs> and so I always thought I was like. nothing's going to top that right well because what was it um what was her name pelimoto is that her name Pelimoto. yep yeah so you know you think oh this is going to be a piece of crap but this thing is going to make a star trek reference here but it's a tough little ship like it's doing exactly what mando needs it to do and grogu got to drive it like he got to fly this thing and it just It's just, it, I don't know. It's now a character in itself out of everything that it's done, you know, helping Bo and helping the Mandalorians and doing what it needs to do. And um, it's definitely a highlight after him losing the Razor Crest. So, yeah, yep, that was what I picked. That, and it's a wonderful pick and, because it's, I'm pretty it's sure a it's, callback. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another Naboo callback. Like, why, yeah, why is everything exactly. just pointing at Naboo right now? I mean, Naboo I know- is. They got some good stuff. And Palpatine and for, came from Naboo, but for the folks who, for whatever reason, did not watch Book of Boba Fett and see the initial appearance of this iteration, this N one, mm-hmm. Din goes flying it around on a test flight through through Beggars Canyon. He follows the Buta Eve classic pod raced course, mm-hmm. and when he comes back, his one word that he says to Pelimato. His <laughs> one word is wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Like I said, it's it's definitely a, a character of its own. I love you know? it. And I think it's a it's spectacular like, choice. Yeah. And it's like a, a mini because you know the Millennium Falcon was a character of its own for the original mm-hmm. for the original series. Mm-hmm. And now this one's kind of sneaking in, yeah. I think, in my opinion. Did they just ditch R5? Did they just leave him <laughs> on Mandalore? I, I'm guessing he's Oof. just in the cave. 
he here's the thing he's scared right he knows it, where there's danger and he's like i'm staying uh, inside he, i'm not gonna be these idiots with the because well, we'd last seen him he was on uh bow's ship. Bo's ship so he's, yeah he may still be on bow's ship he okay, may still yeah. be on oh Morgan yeah it's true He's like Ralph Wiggins. I'm in danger and just run. <laughs> just sitting there beeping to himself <laughs> at the back of the shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michelle That's... says that they're going to have to talk about a, a crossover of Beverly, Jack, and Grogu exploring the galaxy on the Elios. You know, I, I have a Crusher connection for, for later, Michelle, so be ready. <laughs> I love that. Excellent pick, though. The N1 has been um, our favorite for sure a quest me favorite throughout the whole series or well since it came in book of boba fett mm -hmm. um but let's uh let's move on to justin's boba's bounty justin you decided to pick this little guy here tell us why um all right th this was a random one for me because i really had to relate it to the the book i'm reading the uh jedi order battle scars the in between of the two video games uh yeah, yeah, fall in order. Like, oh, yeah, fall in yeah. order uh prequel thing yeah yeah it's good series or good book so far i'm like a little over a third of the way through but in the first like few chapters they made a, a strong point to talk about a weakness that a uh bounty hunter had and it was because of he had his heavy blaster connected to the power source of his uh jetpack and of course cal like does some stuff and exploits the weakness but it was just interesting to see this in in uh real or live action i'm like oh that's what it looks like that's was weird it, was it paz paz vizsla that they were talking about no no they, it's like a whole different bounty hunter uh guild oh okay okay but it was just cool to see that and uh con connect the two dots within my, my yeah. head i think it was cool to see the backside of this gun because we've seen the gun before but I don't think we've ever seen seen it in all of its glory like this. Yeah, no, this is this is definitely a new angle on uh, on Vizsla's gear. And like, how are you gonna climb a mountain with that thing on your back? Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> That's gonna be so what? heavy. Don't skip arm day, man. Uh, or leg day. <laughs> leg day. It sort of yeah. looks like a, a a scorpion, almost. A you little bit, funny? yeah. No, the the segmenting. Uh, Okay, uh, maybe too nerdy for this show. Uh, Sasori from Naruto. Uh, uh, yeah. There's a character who basically <laughs> uses uh, chakra-controlled puppets, and one of them has a segmented scorpion-style tail uh, that whips out, and it looks uh, very similar. Okay. okay. I was going to actually say it kind of gives me... Doc Ock vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, can we get Sam Raimi to direct an episode of Mandalorian? Oh my god. That would be. And then Bruce Campbell's gonna make an appearance somewhere. He'd he'd just be in a Mandalorian. He's just. He'll be like in the market trying to sell something, and then some creature comes and steals his stuff. That's basically. Or he's a Mandalorian that takes his helmet off, and everyone's like, "Get out! Get out! Get out!" Go to Mandalore. Can you be the Mandalorian that has no arm and then just attaches a blaster to it? <laughs> Does that. a cameo within a cameo. It's so funny. Oh my gosh, that would be perfect. Nice crossover. Yeah. Um, excellent pick, Justin. I do love that 
Ricky says R5 is rusting out on the living waters. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, you're just chilling with the mythosaur, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just yeah. get a little high. I'll just get a little high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to Phil's Boba's Bounty. And actually, it correlates a little bit with Jesse's Sarlacc Killer scene. And so that's okay. I mean, we can uh, we can do. I I sent you a different one, and I did pull it up. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I sent you a backup. My bad. No, it's here all good. Go. It's all good. I got it. I got it. We're trying good. not We're to good. double I, up on stuff here. I did a quick one. I had to do a quick one. Yeah, no, it's okay. But, uh, uh, so he's adorable. So and it, and it's not even so much him. It's just. It, you think for a minute that maybe he's using the force to move all these to start moving these rocks yes. around yep. and like a yep. cute little Zen garden kind of thing. <laughs> and then you realize he picks this one up and it's a little crab, <laughs> like a hermit <laughs> crab. <laughs> and it's just, but the, he's being a child at this the moment. Bit at the, yeah. very, the bit at the very end of this, like a few seconds later after Din <laughs> comes and picks him up to go have him fight you realize how many of them are actually little these little crab things and he was just surrounded by snacks and he had no idea i was so <laughs> mad at the end of this scene i thought he was seriously practicing the force <laughs> psych but, but he might have be been something else he might have been what if he's chatting with these creatures yeah maybe what if he's he talking to them through the that. force yeah. he's hungry yeah, I know well, that yeah, was my first He's thought. hungry too, but when he when he picked that thing up and the legs started crawling out, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna suck that crab out of his shell, <laughs> right?" <laughs> but uh, then then I was thinking like, "Oh, he was he noticed it was a creature, and then he was talking to them because as soon as he picked that one up, the other ones, all the other rocks like started moving." So, again, just pointing towards Grogu being able to speak with creatures and like the the creatures, more and more creatures being introduced into this show is just like. They're, and they're there is, the way there is a there mm -hmm. is a long standing canon, uh, well or legends I guess at this point, but of of Jedi characters who specifically like communicated with animals. I mean that was yeah. in uh, in Legends that was Jason uh, Jason Solo's whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jaina and... Jaina was the tech head, and Jason talked to animals. Yep, and one big cameo we're supposed to have or it's been rumored is hi trev trev's here to say hello um but one big cameo that we have rumored is ezra who is one of the only jedi that we've seen in star wars media that actually does talk to animals oh yeah so yeah talking so we're just uh grogu the beast master everything yeah. is about to come around full circle and i i really feel like the end of this season this last episode is going to be epic beyond belief we're gonna get like some some really good uh foreshadowing for a lot of different things i mean we already got the thrawn <laughs> foreshadow the tie interceptors was all thrawn i mean that's all he mm -hmm. uses is tie interceptors and that's all that they threw at them were bombers and interceptors so like that was that was your kind of thrawn thing and now we're just kind of waiting for those other rebel rebels characters to show up and uh and and kick ass i guess <laughs> Um, was that the last Boba's bounty? Oh no, it's 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 my you, turn. You, you it's your turn. Yourself there, man. <laughs> Excellent pick, Phil. I love the crab creatures. Um, and I just I love the the more creatures that we see in Star Wars is 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 great. Yes. So, my Boba's bounty for this week. You guys want to take a guess? 
Keller and Beck. Oh. <laughs> Jar Jar, of course. Woo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And honestly, yeah. we 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 talked at length about Keller and Beck. Um, I was just so thrilled to see uh, Mr. Best back in the Star Wars universe, even after all the crap that he went through. Um, he still came back for the fans, and not just us adult fans, but the kid fans. How cool is mm-hmm. it that this guy played this character on that young Jedi temple, or the Jedi young temple, whatever, played played this character on that show, and now he's jumping into live action with, as that mm-hmm. character as well. So even kids that maybe fell in love with um, the the Jedi Temple show um, are watching this going, oh my god, it's it's Jedi Master Beck, that's so cool, you know. And and it's just another way that, that Star Wars brings in other fans and, and just kind of um, completes those circles, you know, and, and I love that. I love that about Star Wars. Um, Star Trek's doing that a lot in Picard. I feel like there's a lot of <laughs> You have no idea. I have have a bit of an idea. (laughs) I mean, it's, well, for me, I even had to, especially this last episode, I had to talk to a bunch of people. No, no. Did I miss one? You must have missed one. I haven't seen any of them. I haven't seen any of season three. Yeah, I'm not going to. It wasn't Roe. Roe's not the last episode. But you know what I'm talking about, where Roe shows up to the ship and they... And... Yeah, that's episode five. This last <gasps> one was episode six. Am I behind one? Oh no, I can't say anything. Crap. Okay, here's the thing, and I won't say anything. But the one thing that there was so many Easter eggs, I had to ask the experts. I'm all, I don't know what this means. So I'm doing my podcast. I'm like, I have no idea what you guys talk about. You're gonna have to take over <laughs> because it was so much but it was so good it's like our favorite everyone was like it's the best episode in the entire season so or the yeah the season so far oh no laforge uh-huh okay okay cool. we're good yes that's what, yeah okay. laforge so i can say ish something but i won't go into detail just for yeah but, just, but, just oh man my, <laughs> i watch it all in in a day at work my I love I love doing that. I love waiting until the season's over and then binging it. But because I'm doing the podcast, you obviously, and I don't want to wait, I kind of have to keep up. But yeah. when I do the Crusher connection in a little bit, I will make sure that it's not in spoiler detail. My yeah, my uh, sweet autographed Le- uh, Levar Burton pictures on my desk at work, not here at the house. Because <laughs> you got to show that off to all the nerds, dude. Uh, yeah, no. What? Um, Reading Rainbow? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, no, like, no, no like, seriously, no. No. like, when, so when, <gasps> when they did the Reading Rainbow uh, Kickstarter, like, eight years ago, something like, uh-huh. they they had this whole thing where you could, like, uh, get at a signed picture from LeVar as part of the whole thing if you uh, donated. Um, so yeah, I, I have a, an autographed picture of, uh, of Burton. and I actually, sky. I did get to see him. I did get to see him. Like I did, I wasn't there when he signed the picture, but I did get to see him speak, uh, live at my college, uh, like six months or something after that, like he was here so in town visiting. Yes, he did actually. Ah, yes. Yeah, no, he, he, he legitimately, uh, it was the, the rhino, the rhino who swallowed a storm. Oh, boy. Wow. Uh, I would have been 
Ugh, I okay, you know Justin be crying over there. It's <laughs> so funny because they had done a Reading Rainbow segment back in 1988 about the next generation. Yes, and they okay. showed off how they and did the transporter. Uh, exactly, the they did. Effect. My husband, because I hadn't watched it yet, I had gotten the Blu-rays from my husband. He started rewatching it, and he was watching the segment that's on the Blu-rays. And I was like, "Why is the Reading Rainbow guy doing a segment about Star Trek?" And he's all like, "That's Jordy LaForge." Wow. And I was like. No, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, he was Jordy because he had the visor. I wasn't thinking, yeah, and it's not like I knew these characters, but I was like blown away. I was like, the Reading Rainbow guys in Star Trek. I think that's kind of was my. <laughs> I, was like, I gotta watch this. <laughs> I did so it right funny. there. Yeah, just crack up. Ugh. Well, yeah, excellent picks, everybody, um, and <laughs> and awesome tangents. I love going off on tangents with you guys. This is wonderful. Um, let's move on to our next segment, which this week is going to be. That's right. It's the Sarlacc Killer scene, the part of the show where we pick our favorite scene of or scene or still shot of this week's episode. So let's continue on the trend and let's start with jesse for her sarlacc killer scene which is i just gotta find it here is at the 16 minute and 26 second mark it is this one right here <laughs> tell us about this scene um well i like it's adorable i mean here's the thing it was such a sad scene right because as she's talking as the armorer is talking to him about <clears throat> forging the armor for mandalorians and you see him get all sad and he's having this PTSD and he's going through the whole motions of this new memory. And then she gives him the armor and it's like literally the size of his head. <laughs> and it just clipped onto his little, and she's like, and then I forgot he's still wearing the little chain mail that he got <laughs> from, from Mando. And you're, you're starting to see the transition for Grogu, right? Because here he was, he was a Jedi youngling and He's went through the training. He went through all this stuff, but he chose to go with Mando and do this. And now he's going through this new journey. And it was just so cute. It's just, a, I don't know. I like melted when I saw this. I was like, that is so adorable. And it just clicked on. And I was like, I think it's like supposed to be the size of their shoulder, like their own yeah, shoulder. Yeah, it's their shoulder pad, <laughs> but right? It's, it's, it fits his that, whole the, chest. The Ronald, I don't know. The Ronald is, uh, is designed to cover the gap between the chest <laughs> Uh, the chest piece <laughs> and the uh, pauldron. It's yeah. designed to be able to cover the gap as the uh, shoulder moves. Yeah. It's like but a collarbone. Just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then I kind of feel like this is going to be like maybe next episode or something. He's going to get hit with something, right? And it's the armor that protected him. Yeah. Like so. that. I feel like that's going to be like a little foreshadow. Earlier like a... this season. He... Yeah. He's going to get and hit. You know what? We're going to forget about it. Well, because you know what? He he learned the darts and then he gets his armor in the chest. And well, and know, that like, was the thing. I had I had uh I was so excited when we were able to see him still wearing his little Beskar chain. His little yeah. yes. I noticed that later after when I was needing to give him um the timestamp. I was like, oh, he's still wearing it. Now, my crusher connection that I'm gonna do real fast without giving out too much spoilers, seeing this little journey him going on and even the same with with Bo as I had mentioned before Jack Crusher is kind of going through that same journey in Picard oh yeah so you know that 
connection, that longing for, I mean, yes, he had his mom, but it was just him and his mom. Right. But to be accepted into something. Be accepted and, and knowing that the crew is your family. And I kind yeah. of feel like Bo and Grogu are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're they're finding where they belong. So I've kind of felt there was a connection there. Yeah. So hopefully I didn't give too much away. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if the armor was like, Grogu just looks at her and goes, this is bigger than me. And she just goes, hey, you'll grow into it, kid. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like soon, a, like it'll, soon it'll, yeah. soon it, eventually, you know, by the time I've fully grown, it'll only cover half my chest instead of all of my <laughs> Exactly. I'll only be, two of them. I'll be 250 yeah. years old. You gotta think, though, I don't, I bet a lot of Mandalorians haven't seen a creature like that. You know, I, I bet Yoda didn't yeah. really just go parading around like everyone, hey, me, look at, I'm Jedi, you know? Jedi. <laughs> Yeah. Fashionable, um, you think I? Yeah. I love that pick, though, Jesse. Thank you so much for that one. That was uh, that was one that, that Phil had also picked for his Boba's bounty. And so it was kind of like it was a toss-up. <laughs> but it was a wonderful that, okay, It was a wonderful, yeah, it's a wonderful moment, and it's yeah. adorable. Yeah. I was oh, like, it was it. great. It was in my mind. Um, so let's move on to so, Phil's Sarlacc Killer scene, which is at the 24-minute mark. Uh, tell us about this bad boy. Uh. We're talking about prequel callbacks. <laughs> There's always a bigger fish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got another one of these uh, giant crocodile turtle things jumping up and eating the raptor. Yeah, like, definitely whatever Jurassic, the whatever Jurassic the life cycle, moment. whatever the you know, whatever the uh, rest of the like food web is on this planet, it's got to be fascinating. I mean. Yeah, what is the the chain here? Yeah, what's our food chain look like? <laughs> I don't know, but I think wow. that game that guy may be the apex. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. It's Jeez. it's definitely not the Mandalorians at this point. Yeah. Yeah, my I mean, goodness. They are in hiding, right? So yeah. they pick a, a bad planet. Yeah, that's true. Or they picked but, a really good one cuz oh, who's oh, going to want it? Wrong one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, if people know that these creatures are there, why would they go to this planet? Perfect place to hide. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm thinking mm-hmm. is it's like the reason uh, Yoda went to Dagobah. Yeah. You know, to kind of cloud themselves from yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, don't go to that planet. Oh, God, that's a mistake. Like Australia, like- everything can kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, excellent pick. I love the dinosaur, the Jurassic Park it, stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, the here. Jurassic World. I'm thinking of that. Yeah, Jurassic World. Mutated, yeah. oh, whatever Mosasaur. thing going. Yeah, that came up. That's exactly what I yeah. thought of when I saw this. It's wonderful. And then I thought of the babies. I was like, what about the babies? I Okay, I instantly thought about the babies too. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was and like, they just, man. They just murdered their mother and they're just Well, they didn't. It felt now it's funny that creature knew like I gotta get out of the water. I gotta get out of the water. Yeah. He was ready. He's like, I know what's yeah. Oh, Josh. Look yeah. at you get Dang in it. touch with your uh, paternal instincts. Oh get get out of here. It hasn't even been <laughs> I just Monday thought of the yet. fact that you know, look, man, that's those are baby birds or dragons or whatever. They're baby and dragons, yes. Leathery. It's birds. not their fault that their mom was a jerk, you know? Like <laughs> Well, she was just feeding her. It's a single mother 
<laughs> they invaded their planet, right? Like they're invading their the Mandalorians are invading these creatures' planet, so they're like, you know trial. what? <laughs> no, I mean this 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 yeah. really comes down to a custody fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Not anymore. Yeah, no, not anymore. Now uh now they are Foundlings. They could have had one Which big happy fun. blended family if Paz and the Raptor had been able to work their shit out. <laughs> oh my god. No, that's gonna be the next week's episode. The dad's gonna find out that the bomb died and now it's gonna come and try and take another family. Oh yeah. You know, oh, man. bigger that's bird. Oh, that's that's too Beowulf. That's that's too Beowulf. Getting <laughs> <laughs> Grendel and then Grendel's mother. No, no. Oh my goodness. Although I mean, there Excellent is there pick, is though. some decent parallel with Beowulf going with the whole covert. That... <laughs> oh my god! Excellent pick, Phil. I love it. Um, Justin, your Sarlacc killer shot this week was at the 18 minute and 31 second mark. It was this guy right here. It's a little dark. I am sorry. Tell us about this shot. Oh, we we touched about it earlier. It was, it's the shot of the uh, Mandalorians hanging out by the fire, drinking their coffee, you know, just talking about their day, how fun it was traveling. But um, it, just it was talking about the day. <laughs> it, it was just cool to see the the Mandalore, or how are you, how do you say that? The Mandalore. Mandalore. There you yeah. go. Yeah, Mandalore. <laughs> <laughs> the Mandalore behind us. I just like to see that. Like it reminds me of backpacking that I got coming up, and how we all just chill by the fire and relax. Yeah, it is a it is a really cool shot, um, and it was just a really cool scene in general. To um, for Paz to to say what he said, and you know, I love their "This is the way" chant that they have because it's so poignant. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Anything that they do and they say that to it's it's very even when when Mando saves the kid and Paz is like, thank you. Mando just goes, this is the way, you know, it's, it's also it's, a great way for them cool. to just dismiss any conversation they don't want to have. It's like, no, this is getting too <laughs> awkward, too personal. I can't talk about this because I'll have way. to have a feeling. I'm going to start doing that at work. I'm like, this is the way. customers are like starting to. Talk about weird stuff. I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, this is the way, dude." <laughs> oh, We're gonna be doing more of a season one callback. I have spoken. I have spoken. I have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you I Nick can Nolte. have some patient contact and just let let them know that this is the way. I just got hit by a car. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. Why are you? This is the way to, to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent pick, though, Justin. Thank you for that one. My Sarlacc Killer shot this week comes in at the 22-minute mark. We talked about this one. It is Mama Feeding Her Babies. Um, you, know, just... you know why they named him Ragnar? Go on. Because that's the sound that she makes when she pukes him back up. <laughs> Ragnar. Ragnar. <laughs> and, like, it's, again... To think about the fact that this dinosaur has done this multiple times with multiple yeah. younglings or foundlings, like this is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. But this is the way. <laughs> <laughs> she ate that kid, swallowed it whole, and saved it in her stomach. It was it was straight bird status. Like saved it in her <laughs> stomach and was breaking it up 
And then when the Mandalorian showed up to save him, she was like, oh, shit, I got to get rid of this thing. I can't fight with this thing in my mouth. Blah, blah, blah. Here you go, kids, eat up. And, like, I don't know. It was such a weird... It was almost as jarring as seeing Ahmed Best. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, oh, God, what? But it was on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I loved the scene. It was just another thing that star wars is is doing that's new it's just the kind of more brutal scenes that we're getting out of these shows and, it's it's great and of and of course it pulls a star trek at the end and they're all you know they save the kid's life and he goes i'm okay dad i'm okay i'm like you are just in a creature's stomach being regurgitated about to be eaten. i'm fine and he's not going to have any any lasting uh <laughs> side effects no trauma, no trauma. <laughs> yeah, none of it no, by next episode, he's fine. He yeah. doesn't need to see the counselor, the Mandalorian <laughs> counselor in the back. He's fine. Or he'll just be in counseling the whole time. <laughs> this next episode. They should be. I mean, that's actually what they, we talk about in Crusher Combo. We're like, they were just violated, and yet they're fine. It's okay. <laughs> An alien just invaded their body. It's fine. By next episode, they got over it. <laughs> just sometimes a little much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, you know what? That, a thought just came to me that I was really excited about with Picard. They brought a Tribble back. <laughs> they did. I, was, I at least knew what that was. I'm so <laughs> excited to see a Tribble. Oh, yeah. which episode? It did. I, you, just watch. Okay. Watch the season. Yeah. You'll see. It's very brief. But I, it, was, I, it was really like, when it happens, you're like, oh. To, but you know what? It's a good callback to DS9. Yeah. Trials and Tribulations. Very mm-hmm. true. Yes. Thanks for joining us, Sincere. We will see you next Bye, week buddy. for the show um, for Chapter 21 of Mandalorian. Yes, this is the way, sir. Um, let's move <laughs> on to our final segment of the week. Um, we'll try and... Man, we've gone a long time on this episode. So that's okay, though. I love I love chatting with you guys. It's been a good time. So let's it's go on to the final one. It is... It's the one-chimer segment where we reveal our favorite piece of dialogue from each episode. So um, to keep it going in the same order we have been, let's start with Jesse's one-chimer. Don't worry. My dad was the same way. He's just proud of you. You take it easy on him, kid. (laughs) Tell us about why you picked that, Jesse. So, you know, Mando's been the dad for Grogu this whole time. Like, it's just... He's like the single dad. He's taking care of his kid. He's now teaching him the way. This was Bo's moment as the mom. Like she, because she was even questioning. She's like, are you sure? Like they were acting like parents in this, in this yeah. moment. Did she just become Grogu's stepmom? I, exactly. I think she kind of yes. did. <laughs> or maybe a godmother. Yeah, we could godmother. say godmother. Okay. Yeah. But she was even like, are you sure he's young? You know, and this is, I can't remember. And then that's why she's like, all right. But you know what? My dad was the same way. And she had mentioned her dad, I think. Was it in this episode? Yeah. Last episode. Um, well, yeah, this uh, episode last... she said her dad was the same way. But then yeah. last episode she had talked. She had uh, talked about depth. it. Yeah. yeah. And so there's that another connection where she had mentioned, like, my dad was the same way. You got this. And I liked how she says, you know, be, uh, what did she say? Be easy on him. Go easy on because him. She, go easy on him because she knows what he's capable of. Like she, she just saw him fly the ship and save Mando's life. And 
he would say the same thing to Grogu. So I really enjoyed that little moment. And so that's why it was my one chimer. And I guess maybe because I'm a mom too. I was a single mom for a long time. So I, I had a connection with that. There you go. It's a great yep. pick. It, um, so to be completely honest, that was that was my pick for <gasps> for one chimer. So uh, look at that. The force was working yeah, with us. Yeah, absolutely. You were probably like, darn it. No, not even. <laughs> um, so I, sorry. I prepare for those things. So okay. <laughs> I usually pick Good. two or three just in case like anybody else decides to pick those ones. I'm like, cool. Awesome. And I just pick one of the other ones because there's a lot of dialogue, you know? Well, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I know this was a very short episode and I was like, is this going to be enough? But yeah, I just made it. Um, I almost just did a protest and picked nothing but Ahmed best things for my segments, <laughs> but I decided not to do that. So it's Keller um, and Beck or nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> but let's go on to Phil's one chimer. The mythosaur belongs to all Mandalorians. It is always acceptable to wear. I would like that. I just thought that that was a spectacular kind of a welcome home moment uh, for Bo-Katan to have with the armor. It's like, no, this this symbol, this this thing that you have chosen for your armor, you know, this is for everybody. You you don't have to have gone on you know a quest to find or fight one. You don't have to have had, you know, a family history with this. You are Mandalorian. This is for you. And as somebody who wears a mythosaur skull on, uh, you know, on my work lanyard every day, yes. uh, it's like, okay, no, it is it is always acceptable. Yeah, and it, I love that scene, too. Um, we didn't actually talk about this part, which we should have, but where she asks, what if I told you I saw one, a mythosaur? Mm -hmm. That was quick, a powerful we'll, vision. Yeah, right. We'll have to get yeah. into this a little bit more next week, I think, because uh, I think we'll get a little bit more dialogue on it. But um, just real quick, I'll say, I'll just ask yes or no. Do you think the armorer believes Bo-Katan actually saw a real-life mythosaur? Philip, yes or no? I I think she's hedging her bets one way or another. But we know the 50, armorer 50? yeah, the armorer likes to play things pretty close to the chest. So I Jesse, think what she about could you? be playing downplaying it a little bit. Okay. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to agree because I think at first she's just like not sure. I think she's kind of trying to figure like kind of testing Bo a little bit to kind of see like, did you really see one or not? Because that's a that's that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. So she doesn't. I don't even know if she even wants to believe it because that'll get her hopes up. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fifty fifty. I'm not one hundred percent sure where she's leaning towards. Okay, Justin, are you on the fifty fifty boat? Nah, I'm totally for it. I think that because here's my logic. All right, um, Mythosaur's biggest fan over here. Yes. <laughs> I think the armor realizes that this. Fits along the premonition of the re the return to Mandalore, the person riding okay. the mythosaur, the dark re coming to the hands of another Mandalorian. <laughs> so I I don't feel like she's all too surprised that a mythosaur has re reared its head finally. Yeah, and then she's I I personally think that she is so orthodox with the Mandalorian religion, so to speak, that mm -hmm. she believes this truly believe yeah mm -hmm. okay 
See, and I'm I'm kind of on the 50-50 side of it. I don't really know. I think the fact that we can't see her facial expressions is a huge keeps it a mystery cuz like mm-hmm. if if Bo was like, "What if I told you I saw one?" and she was like, "That's a powerful vision you have there." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emily Swallow is Emily Swallow is amazing. And yeah. She's going to be at uh Denver Fan Expo this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, um along with a whole bunch of other uh Star Wars folks. So oh, I'm trying not to look into it because I don't want to be not going. So, go on Sunday. Nice, um, excellent pick though. Let's move on to Justin's one chimer. Are you sure this is a good idea? If he is ever to rise from foundling to apprentice, he must learn. Uh, it this it just blends into how uh, Jesse what uh, Jesse was talking about, like. It's it's sink or swim as a father moment, and I literally felt this when I dropped off uh, my little girl Audrey at swim at swim class. I'm like, all right, here's the moment where you sink or swim. I hope you swim, and just push them in. Like oh at some point, you just have to like, all right, go figure it out. And it, it, you're the one to hard... deflate one little arm thing and throw her in, huh? <laughs> just start, just paddle with the other side, honey. You'll be fine. Keep your head up. That's all. Don't breathe. <laughs> That's what my dad did. He just un- he like deflated one of my little arm floaties and just threw me in and lit a cigarette and was like, kick. <laughs> <laughs> kick. No, you got to kick. <laughs> but being a father, I, I, I totally had that moment, uh, that fathering moment in my head. And I just liked, I really liked that scene. See, we just age for swimming lessons for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, to touch on Jesse's, uh, it just sort of blend into Bo-Katan stepping up and acting like uh, the pseudo-mother case in this. Like, are you mm-hmm. sure this is a good idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent pick, Justin. Um, we're going to go on to my pick, which... Seemed like we were very Grogu centric here, so I decided to go the other way. This is the forge. It is the heart of Mandalorian culture. Just as we shape the Mandalorian steel, we shape ourselves. Okay, okay, Grogu. I had to leave Grogu's face <laughs> in at the end. Right? He was I was gonna say that's semi Grogu. Semi, <laughs> he's still there. Um, but I again, the Mandalore that we're getting in this is great the more that we see like this is like the first first day of mandalore kindergarten you know what i mean and (laughs) she's basically going through what the forge is and what it means to the culture and going through you know we all start as raw ore and we're formed into what we become and you know experiences blah 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 um i just really liked this little i guess teaching moment that the armorer had with Grogu. It seems like everyone in this season is having little moments with Grogu, teaching him something, showing him something. And it's been really fun to see that. Um, Just inching closer and closer to uh, full Grogu Mandalorian armor badass. And I'm Mm -hmm. excited for that. So... This was actually almost my one chimer, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah. especially because like when they left and she's like, you're too young to go. And then she's like, come, Groku. And he's just doing that little quick little walk. <laughs> and he's like breathing heavily. <laughs> it was oh so cute, though. 
I it's still adorable. I have that video saved because I, I need to make a fun little TikTok that's just Grogu and the caption is going to be Grogu heading to steal your girl <laughs> as he's walking through the desert. Oh my gosh. But she like left him behind. She's like, come on. I mean, he's very tiny. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Like at least like, Luke would pick him up with the force and like bring yeah. him along with it. Yeah. Panda would have, yeah. Armor is like, nah, keep up, dude. <laughs> Eventually, we're gonna see Grogu like force hop. We gotta, see. we gotta see him. We gotta see him do his it little shuffle walk. Though. Right? It was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if he was on a hardwood floor. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he has the little like toenails that would actually? The nails? Like, Absolutely. <laughs> Does like unless, your dog. Yeah. unless Din Djarin sets him up, you know, once a week and is like, all right, little Grogu, let's trim your toenails. Toe beans. Does oh Grogu my have toe god. Beans. <laughs> um, actually, hold on. I hope so. I toe beans. Toe none beans. of my Grogu's have toe teeth. beans. <laughs> yeah, none of mine doesn't either. That's so awesome. Um, awesome picks for all the segments, guys. I love these more and more every single week. Um, we have one last thing to do, and then we're going to close this thing up. So, it's the Tuscan Raider. Like I said, I like to imagine I am the Tuscan drinking the cup, and you guys are the Tuscans arguing. Um, this is the part of the show where we rate each episode out of ten dragon babies. So, Jesse, if you were to rate this episode, what would you rate this episode out of ten dragon babies? I really enjoyed this episode, especially after last week's episode was a bit slow for me. <laughs> I was a little bored with it. I have, I think I even DM'd you. I was all like, thank goodness I didn't get this episode because I'll be like, here for 15 minutes, I'm out. It was, now, um, yeah, it was different. It, it was different. It's part of the story, and I understand why they showed it, but it was a little rough. But this one I thoroughly enjoyed. I wish there was a little bit more to it. It was very short, but it did at least hit the notes properly nothing was rushed nothing was overdone so maybe that's why so i definitely give it eight dragon bird babies out of ten <laughs> excellent and that's what i'll go with all right phil what are you gonna rate this episode uh i also had this one at an eight um okay short duration but we get a lot in <laughs> excuse me we get a lot in that short period of time we get Keller and Beck. We get mm -hmm. uh, Grogu uh, showing off his his Jedi skills. We get the reveal that uh, Paz is Ragnar's dad. Um, holy shit, he has way more in common with Mando uh, with Din than we ever would have expected. And I think that's maybe part of the source of a lot of their contention there. Like, not just around the Darksaber, but around, like, bringing a foundling into the covert. Um, we get good action sequences. We get some amazing lightsaber action with Keller and Beck. We get a lot of the Mandalore. Um, so, you know, while, yeah, it was a little on the campy side, again, to be expected for Carl Weathers directing. Um, yeah, no, I'd solid eight. All right. Justin, what are you going to rate this episode? You and I are kind of the same this week. Yeah, I noticed that. All right, I give it a 6.75. Just because, like, 7 is an average uh, Mandalorian episode. Something I it's so-so. 
this episode just didn't meet that par. I, I thought it was overall very uh, easy to read. Uh, there's little like uh, the the choreography with the opening uh, montage. Hokey, I thought it wasn't very seamless. There's a okay, lot of things word. like that that just stuck out to me while watching this like multiple times. I'm like, all right, this does look bad. But like on the contrary, like the the CGI with the the leathery bird was wonderful. So there's it's a bunch they of blew their wad on the bird. <laughs> that's why it was only 30 minutes long yeah but like there's aspects of this one that were awesome from the little easter eggs in the mandalore but just didn't hit my my average yeah okay that's fair and i'm with you on that i actually rated that this is the lowest i've ever rated a mandalorian and or star wars episode i believe and i rated it a 6.5 dinosaur bird babies out of 10 um 6.5 seems very low um, I put a few factors in there. Um, it, yes, it showed a lot of like camaraderie between Mandalorians. Yes, it was kind of cool to see the training. Um, there was a lot of campiness in it though. And the, really the only point of this episode to me, um, was to show Keller and Beck that like the whole reason we got this episode was for that five minutes of reveal and the two minutes of Bo-Katan doing her thing. Like, if I only saw Grogu getting rescued by Keller and Beck and only saw uh, Bo-Katan talking to the armor about the Mythosaur, that's, you know, I would have pretty much been satisfied, <laughs> I guess. Um, all the action scenes were really cool, but I definitely wish it was a little bit longer, and I wish they would have spent maybe a little bit more time on some of those things. Um, it did seem a little rushed to me. So, and I am trying to be a little bit harsher of a critic, okay? I know. I rate every episode <laughs> like an eight or a nine, okay? I get it. So, I'm just trying to appease myself because <laughs> I feel like I'm such a homer. I had to look at this in a little more of a critical um, critical eye. So, I give it a 6.5. Um and that gives us a total of 73, which is still a nice average. It's still pretty high up. I believe that was about the same rating that you see on like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb or something like that. Um, but yeah, altogether, great episode. And I uh, am excited for the next one to come out. So um, I, I think that's gonna I think that's gonna be it for this week. Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to add? Let's start with Justin. No, not really. I think we touched on everything. Okay. Phil, what about you? No, nah, uh, thanks to Jesse. Uh, really ha really enjoyed having you be here with us for this. It was great. Oh, thanks yeah. for having me. I had a lot, a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we had so much fun having you as here as well. Um, why don't you tell our listeners and uh, new people where they can find you and your podcast? Yeah, so the podcast is Crusher Convo, and you can find us on any platform. And you could also check out our Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at, at Crusher Convo. So, yeah. And if you love Star Trek, <laughs> hit us yeah. up. And of course, those links will be in the show notes as well. So, if you're listening in podcast land, um, go ahead and go to those notes, click on the link, and go give the Crusher Convo a nice follow. Um, I think. 
Yeah, that's it. So we're going to be live again next Sunday around 8.30. We're going to change the time. We're going to be an hour later next week. Um, I think that's going to help with everyone involved. I know 7.30 was a little ambitious for everyone around here, um, but I think 8.30 is going to be a little bit better for, for us. So um, make sure to check that out, youtube.com slash at questme. Hit that subscribe button, ring that bell to get notified every time. We are live. Um, I want to thank Claire, Melissa, Michelle, um, the co-host of Crusher Convo, Jesse, Ricky, Sin, Sarah, and Tiny Tim. Was that his name? I think that was his name. Um, but thank all of you guys for joining us in our live show. It's so great to have new faces. It's so fun to have conversations with you guys. Um, and I hope to see you back again in future episodes. Um, if you guys, again, if, you, if you're listening out there and you want to join us, Sundays, 8.30, youtube.com slash at questme. Um, all of the other things will be mentioned in this closing video or in the notes. For Quest Me, I have been your host. Oh, I'm Jesse. Yes, from Crusher Combo. <laughs> there we go. I did it. Uh, I'm Philip K at Fliprider. And I'm Justin at JLU1742. And of course, my name is Josh. You can find me anywhere just by searching Quest Me Podcast. Thank you all again for joining us. May the force be with you.